0: Welcome in to Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. We're glad to have you join us for today's show. In this episode, we'll talk about when tragedy strikes. Who wants to go through a tragedy? No one. Yet, tragedy touches all of our lives. How do we process through it and do our best to prepare for it? We have four solid building blocks to help you or anyone you know going through tragedy. Shane wrote about this subject on his professional Facebook page. You can find more about it there. On Facebook, just search Rev. Shane L. Bishop. Shane, how are you doing today?
1: Well, Mike, oh, I'm no. doing pretty good.
0: Oh no, was that and my cadence? I
1: have missed doing these Navigating Changes <laughs> because, apart from these, I don't ever run into anyone who has cadences quite like this.
0: You know that that is just I just do that.
1: Oh, it's great though. It's great. I feel like you got something kind of going there, but it's yeah. not the way you talk in real life. It, there's something <laughs> else going on. Kind of like a southern preacher, you know. You kind of mm-hmm. talk to them normal, and you think they're one way, and then you hear them preach, and it's something else going on. I I'm, feel like you got
0: that. Was it pretty bad? When no. Was, oh, okay. No, it's it's good. Because you know it's how polished. sometimes you know how sometimes you'll do something and you have no yeah. idea how it's coming across, yeah, yeah. and then especially in our world where there's video or audio, right. and you'll be like. Wow, I really embarrassed myself and had no idea. But thank you for letting me know that yeah. I embarrassed myself slightly. There, well,
1: slightly, yeah. It's it's kind of like you know the Let's Get Rumble Ready to Rumble guy. What's that guy's name? Uh, Michael Buffer. Well, I don't know. So the Re- Let's Get Ready to Rumble. I'm guessing he doesn't talk like that all the time, right? No, but no. that's kind of a thing, and no. when he's in that. Kind of situation. He he says that in that way. Yeah. I feel like he kind of got that,
0: Mike. Should I start talking like this in our normal conversations?
1: I would lean more toward talking more normally when you do this podcast than the, the other. But, you know, I, I still think it works and I think it's kind of cool. I'm just disappointed if people would see you out somewhere. And they would think you're going to talk like you do yeah. on Navigating Change. They might be disappointed.
0: Well, I know how famous this podcast is. And so wow. whenever the, yeah. people hear my voice, actually in the real world, they'll never be like, that's Mike from Navigating Chains." I know Chains. They'll never even think that.
1: Well, this, this is... It's a bit
0: of a secret identity. It is. This podcast
1: here. is a bit viral- in, in what way? In, in, in the ways that there are minor viruses that only affect <laughs> fractions of
0: the populations of tiny villages. It's it's, it's viral that way. <laughs> hey, if you think there was a, a village that no one else had ever heard of, yeah, uh, that that didn't have any technology really except for our podcast, what would they have learned from our podcast over the last couple of years? Well,
1: everything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there's, it, you know, there's really almost nothing they haven't learned. And you know there are some some villages that, like the ones you describe, who who are very isolated yeah. and uh, don't have access to a lot of things. I mean, I'm thinking of London <laughs> right now as as one of those kind of Perfect. of places. Yeah, Perfect. maybe
0: New York City. Well, Shane, there's no easy way to do it. Now, we're going to have to transition here into a kind of a, a heavier podcast than we normally do. Mm-hmm. We love talking with people about leadership, uh, ways that they can just navigate in their journey in their Christian lives. This is, this is in that same type of vein, navigating in their Christian lives. We're talking about when tragedy strikes. And you actually wrote something about this on your Facebook, and I know it really helped a lot of people. As we begin to get into this, how would you just set it up for us? When I went to seminary
1: at Emory University in 1989, I became pretty fast friends with a person who had just become, who had been an acquaintance before. His name was Bob Cooley. Bob was from Marion, Illinois. I was from uh, Duquoin, Illinois. So we're kind of same part of Southern Illinois. And then Bob was single. Bob was in seminary. And Bob was quite brilliant. I mean, he really, really was. Uh, we became very, very good friends, enjoyed spending time with him. And about uh, three-quarters of the way through seminary, uh, Bob was driving through the mountains. I believe he had a, uh, a church that he pastored. He was going too fast, and his car left the road, and, and Bob was killed. So here you have somebody who really, Bob had had a pretty rough background, had been miraculously saved, Delivered to the ministry, he's almost done with his theological training, and all of a sudden Bob's dead. I mean, it, it was it, it was staggering to me, and it was in response to that that I originally hmm. uh, set down and and said, okay, uh, what about the things I believe concerning tragedy still hold true, and and what doesn't? Because Mike the. Tragedy is like a hurricane. Hurricanes don't strengthen buildings. Even the best constructed building is weakened in a hurricane. Hurricanes simply reveal the integrity of a building. And when we have life tragedies, it doesn't build our faith. It doesn't make us stronger. It just reveals what we have. And then in response to that, we can... Take things out that didn't hold up. We can add things that might hold better. But for me, constructing a a hurricane proof faith, a big part of that is you got to ask yourself, what holds true uh, when tragedy
0: strikes? I think you said you have four building blocks for us. And uh, that first building block that you have for when tragedy strikes is simply God is good. The Bible
1: says every good and perfect gift comes from God. And one of the things I had to ask myself in Bob's passing and and in the tragedies of my own life is, you know, is God good or is God not good? You know, we lost uh, a baby the year before I moved here, so he would be 26 years old now. And in the aftermath of that, you you ask yourself, is is God good? Is God still good? Is what I believed about the character of God still in play after what I have personally experienced? And I think, Mike, for the atheist, they look at all the pain in the world. And they say, if there were a God, there would not be tragedy. And I think the believer looks at the exact same pain in the world and says, if it weren't for a good God, there'd be nothing but tragedy. So for me, just understanding that God is good, he loves us, he cares about us, he weeps with us, he is present with us, he doesn't abandon us. And and in the valley of the shadow of death, the goodness of God is a building block that holds firm for me
0: and so you were in the eye of the hurricane or you you were in that most destructive part of the hurricane when you really evaluated that that God's goodness
1: absolutely yeah.
0: and, and you know Mike there's
1: the the theologians teach that sound theology isn't constructed in good times you know if you look at ancient Israel The Galilee was always a a bit of a mess. It's not where all the good theology, it's where Jesus came from, but it's not where a lot of the the great theology came from. It came from the southern deserts. And in the southern deserts where there's not water and where you have to struggle every day for life, you have to face the really big questions. Who am I? Who is God? What do we have to do with
0: each other? And I think tragedy kind of throws us into the desert. I think in the idea of God is good, especially for someone who's walking through tragedy. Um, it, it's always oh it's okay to not feel like God is good. That's right. you know I tell people that sometimes it's okay to not feel that way, especially at that at that point um, you know someone may not feel that God loves them or God is good. It's really not time to have a theological debate about that and also a theological debate within our mind. I think someone who, um, is going through tragedy. What they need to do is just kind of let the emotions out. Let whatever the emotional process is that will help them get through. They got to start in that process and start to move forward. But I think to your your other point, you know, tragedy is a time when we can ask deeper questions about God's goodness hmm? than we ever had before. And think about
1: this, Mike. And let's just say a strong marriage, and you go through a really really
0: difficult patch.
1: I think the one thing you have to keep reminding yourself
0: of is that we love each other. I may not feel it.
1: I may not feel it, <laughs> but we love each other. And I think when we go through tragedy, we have to remember God's goodness toward us. That God is good. He loves us. We may not feel it, but it is the truth that is more real than our reality.
0: The next building block is Bad things happen. Shane, it's not a shock, but bad things do happen. Why? Do you have a theological construct for that?
1: Well, I think there's a pretty clear theological construct. I think the Bible goes out of its way to make the case. Uh, Genesis tells us that God created a perfect world, gave humanity a choice between obedience and disobedience. Uh, Humanity, basically we shook our fists at God and we said we know what's best for us. And uh, you don't. And with the choice of disobedience, we have what we called the fall. It's, it's how sin entered, sin entered the world, by our own invitation. Proverbs reminds us that uh, it, it rains on the just and the unjust. We always think about, well, that means bad things happen to bad people and good people. But in the context of the Bible, rain is always good. So it really means good things happen to bad people and to good people, but, but they do. Jesus reminded us storms come regardless of where you build your house. Remember the parable about the house built on, on a rock and the house built on the sand? The, the prevailing theme is if you build your house on the rock, it'll stand. And if you build your house on the sand, it'll be washed away. The secondary theme is no, no, no matter where you build your house, storms come. Hmm. It hit both houses. No matter where you build your house, the the storms come up. So our faith in God isn't an escape hatch that keeps pain away. And just because you're a believer doesn't mean that bad things are not going to happen. There will be theological traditions that will sort of recycle every few generations. It basically says if you believe in God, nothing bad is going to happen to you. And they'll get real popular, but they'll never last more than one generation because they're not true. It just doesn't hold up. So the idea that bad things happen is really an important thing for mature people of faith to realize. It does not negate the goodness of God
0: or God's love toward us. It is the price of doing business in a fallen world. When I was thinking about your point about bad things happen, I worked with a lot of 20-year-olds. And they'll start to realize that bad things can happen. They'll see some marriages that fall apart, a marriage where a spouse dies or a child uh, dies and they'll n- not even want to try to roll the dice of life and i always tell them you know in the bad things are going to happen you got to take the risk right i mean there's risk in marriage there's risk right. in having children there's risk in and buying a house there's risk in getting a job Uh, You know, there's risk in working out, Shane. That's right. I mean, even... As you get older, the risk increases. You may not... uh, Most people may not know this. When they look at me, I actually lift weights. And a few months ago, I hurt my arm. Well, I know that's a part of it. You're an athlete. Like... You, uh, you know, there's risk. And how many injuries have you had over the years?
1: Yeah, innumerable injuries. But now in, in that I've turned 60, there's a new genre of energies, <laughs> sleeping <laughs> injuries: Sleeping <mean>, injuries. <laughs> These are injuries where you're healthy yeah. when you go to sleep and you've somehow injured yourself while unconscious. We're in a new phase. But the it, bottom line is uh, you can do everything right. And st- and, right. And, and get run over by a bus. Yeah. Uh, th- that's just the reality of living in this
0: world. And you can be protective, protect, try to protect yourself so much and you won't be able to experience life. Uh, let me, can I quote the great theologian Garth Brooks? Oh, yeah. He had a song called The Dance and he said, uh, he said, "If I could have missed the pain, but I'd have to miss the dance. And I think that's, you know, kind of a part of this life is that if you want to enjoy something, you're going to have to take a risk.
1: No doubt about it. And And you have to keep in mind that uh, bad things do happen. Can we uh, can can we somehow uh, cut down on the bad things that happen by not doing dumb crap? Well, sure we can, yeah, absolutely. But we can't completely take risk away. You know, the other thing, my concerning, uh, you know, just just bad things that that happen in life and, and bad things that that happen to people, is that. We just have to to realize that moving forward throughout our life, there is going to be some pain. And just because there's pain doesn't mean you've done something wrong. Mm. It doesn't mean you've done something wrong. Sometimes you can do everything right and still get sick. You can do everything right and somebody still come over the middle line and kill you in an automobile accident. We have this idea that if things go bad, you've done something wrong. A lot of times, tragedy is just that. It's just tragedy. It's something bad. People always say to me, you know, is there a reason? They, they, they'll say, I believe there's a reason for everything. And I'll say, you know, sometimes the reason is because people do dumb stuff. And I remember yeah. when my friend Bob died, somebody said, why did Bob die? And they were very serious. One of my classmates said that to me. Why did Bob die? I said, I think it's pretty simple. He was in a vehicle that weighed a certain amount. He was going at a certain speed. He was on an unstable road, a rock road. And he attempted to make a turn, a sharp turn that was that, that rendered his vehicle unable to slow down enough to control the turn based on the rock road. I said, it's not the this is not a theological problem as much as it hurts. It was a physics problem. Hmm. And so I think a lot of times we, we want to, to think every bad thing that in one sense, there, there's some divine purpose. Now, I do think we can grow from things and we can learn from things, but I don't think that God puts bad things into our lives mm-hmm. uh, just to, to help us grow because mm-hmm. God is good.
0: Amen. Well, on that note, we are moving to the more hopeful uh, point here in terms of building blocks. God is with us. Shane, what do you mean? Well, God never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He, he weeps with
1: us during the most difficult times of life. You know, the promises of God never had to do with avoiding difficulty. They, they had to do with biting presence through the storm. And I, and I think this idea of God with us is really hard for some people because they've been loved so poorly in their life. And yeah. when things go bad, everybody yes. just abandons them. And and, and sometimes people honestly put themselves in a great position to be abandoned by their own actions and (laughs) attitudes, right? But I I think there are times that that we get thinking, you know, everybody else has abandoned me when I'm not easy to love. Yes. Uh, Everybody else just abandons
0: me. Well, God's not like that. And I've seen it in some people who are very insecure. Why hasn't this person called me? Yeah. Like, we're not talking about someone who's really left their life. We're talking about without a phone call for two days. Yeah, that's always that's right. a little concerning.
1: Well, and there's this fear. Don't you think that there's a fundamental fear of being emotionally
0: alone? Oh, absolutely, Shane. Yeah. And, and I think in that note, you know, uh, people... I know one of the things you learned uh, I learned in counseling class at some point where is that people just want to be told everything's gonna to be all right. And I've even seen in tragic tragic situations where someone's to be in hell and there's being told everything's gonna to be alright when everything's just terrible. But I think we all want someone we wanna know someone is close who loves us and someone there to tell us that everything's gonna be okay no matter you know, how old we get.
1: And in, in a Christian sense, the promise of God is is that He will not abandon us in the tough times and when it's all said and done we'll spend eternity with him there can be a lot of of
0: real difficulty in between those two points yeah you know you were talking about how this can be hard for people to get if they feel unloved i feel loved but i still think the concept god being with us is mind-blowing for me And I don't know if it's because I, you know, originally kind of came from a tradition that always talked about God's will. Sure. And uh, that's great. And and I do believe God has will and probably leads to specific decisions, not to mention how the Bible reveals God's will to us. But there's also this wonderful God who's with us that we get to just kind of roam and make decisions on our own. And the psalmist said... uh, I wake in Psalm 119, I wake up in the morning and you're still with me. Yeah, right. And some days I feel like, gosh, I didn't do great yesterday and God, you're still with me. Who would have thought (laughs) it? Wow, this is awesome.
1: Yeah, but this whole idea that God doesn't run out on us uh, when things get tough. And as I said, it stands in direct opposition to the experience many people have had throughout their whole lives.
0: Final, Final building block for today's show. God wins. Shane, a lot of hope in God wins.
1: There really is. And and for me, that's where it has to end. Mm. Uh, It's just where it has to end. The gospel message is one of hope of eternal life in Christ. And the whole idea is that our, our relationship with God through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is so strong that death isn't even a speed bump on the continuum of eternity. So I believe in this world, God can handle our anger, He can handle our pain, He can handle our questions. I believe God is is really isn't that what the Psalms are all about. Mm. God being able to handle our pain mm. and our fear and our questions. God's bigger than our fear. He's bigger than our circumstances. He's bigger than our drama and he's bigger than our situation. And so I just hold to this idea that
0: God wins
1: and all who trust in him uh, win
0: with Him. You know, there's a biblical case, Shane, that we, of course, we get that experience, begin to feel that victory when we first come to Jesus. But there's also a biblical case that when we just live in a Christian way every day, we get to feel that, we get to experience that hope. And it actually kind of, there's a confidence that builds in us that we'll have that hope of heaven. So I always think, you know, when we're thinking about tragedy, if death comes to mind, um, the more we... We live with God every single day, the more we're sure about the hope of heaven.
1: That's right. And you know, there's an old adage that, that came from a long time ago, but the adage said this, you know, preachers don't preach on heaven much when the stock market's good. And it just means that when everything is going well, a lot of times we mistakenly fall into a belief that salvation is in time and space. But when things are really hard, we, we need heaven in a whole new way. So for me, God is with us here, but the real reward is, is in that eternity. Mm. Mike, I, I mentioned just briefly about us losing a son late in, in pregnancy before we moved here. Uh, I had a guy in my church, uh, who who's, I called him Brother Don, don't even remember his last name. But Brother Don was odd, I mean he was odd. lived in a small house in a, in a small run-down town. Uh, and he lived in a small, run-down house. Uh, Brother Don was one of those guys that wore overalls and no shirt. And and he had no idea uh, what else. But, I mean, he, he had no overalls and no shirt every day. Wasn't particularly well-groomed. Man lived by himself. But, man, did he love God. He loved God with all of his heart and all of his soul and all of his mind. He kind of reminded me of some of those prophets in the Old Testament. You know, they spoke for God, but, but you know, regular people were scared of him. And, and Don was sort of like that. And, and when I was pastoring at the church before I came here, I'd go visit Don every now and then just because something in my spirit was drawn to something in, in his spirit. And, and I remember in the aftermath of losing uh, Liam, it was the last conversation I actually ever had with Don. Uh, I was sitting in his living room and he looked at me and he took off his glasses. He had overalls on and, and he started weeping, and he said, Brother Shane, I had a vision of your son. And he said, your son was with Jesus, and he was laughing and playing. And Jesus was holding him, and there was joy. And I just sat there, Mike, and I thought, I have no idea what to do with this. None. But there was hope in it there was hope in it and for me what we always have to remind ourselves of in the difficult times of life is that is god wins and when we can share i don't know there's perfect theology around tragedy but i do know there is perfectly good testimony around tragedy and when we share our stories and Liam's story, The Son We Lost. I have shared his story over and over throughout the years. I was at a ball game last week. Mike, a woman who is the mother of a player uh, on a team with one of my grandsons, approached me. I did not know her. She said, I am so sorry to bother you, but I'm so-and-so's mom, and I follow you on Facebook. And she said, I just wanted to say that the story you pe- that you posted about losing your son uh, was life-giving to me because my husband and I, we too, had lost a son. And she began telling her story. And her story, like my story, had ended up being faith-filled. And there was hope and strength in it. When she... Walked away, my daughter Lydia was with me at the time, but when she walked away, I, you know how when somebody walks away and, and you're just sort of thinking for 10 seconds? It occurred to me that my son didn't make it to this world, didn't make it into this world. But because of the story, my hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people have shared their stories with me in response to me telling Liam's story. And they have found hope. And they have found healing, and they have been somehow aided in their journey. And it occurred to me that that little life that I would have given anything to have been his dad and be able to raise him, uh, he meant something. And his life mattered and still matters Hmm. in pretty profound ways. And it's funny, uh, last week, and maybe it was just in in response to... uh, this conversation, I was dreaming and, and I don't ever remember my dreams and in and, and this dream, I, I just, I saw him, <laughs> but he was 26 and, uh, you know, I mean, I, I could, I could draw what I saw and, you know, you don't know how your subconscious works, but I do know this, that his life mattered and the tragedy is still hard there's always going to be an empty chair at my table for that little boy. It's always going to be there. It's not on the front of my mind all the time, but but there's always going to be that chair at the table. But I can tell you that through our tragedy, not only have we found God to be faithful, and not only have we been comforted, but we have discovered that a life that didn't even make it into this world God still used that life to touch a whole lot of people. And I find something really God wins Mm. about all that.
0: Well, thank you for sharing your heart with us today, Shane. And thank you for joining us for Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. We know it's a tough conversation today, but we pray that's one that's life-giving. We'd love to have you subscribe and share, review our podcast. If you'd like to hear more from Shane and I, you can find us on Facebook. We'll talk to you next time, and make sure that you keep the change.